This episode of The Wrestling Life is brought to you by Onnit, onnit.com, and their new mood supplement. New mood is great for unwinding after a long day at work or helping erase occasional daily stresses. New mood is like a deep breath and a smile in a bottle. You can check out New Mood or any of Onnit's great supplements at onnit.com. Click through the link on our Twitter page or in the iTunes description of this episode. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. Thank you for joining us here on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, I'm Liam. I'm Ethan. And we're changing things up a little bit today. Ethan has a lot of, a lot of hot takes. Uh, not really. Uh, I don't know if you could call them that. They're, they're justifiably hot takes, I would say. Oh, they're but, piping hot. Oh, they're piping hot. But uh, Ethan's got a, lot, got a lot on his mind. So uh, I'm kind of going to do my best to steer the ship as my computer makes noises. Um, do the best to steer the ship here today. Um, I guess the first thing we got to talk about today, got a whole bunch of topics. We can, we're going to talk about uh, some fun stuff, some not so fun stuff, a lot of not so fun stuff. Um, stuff having to do with the superstar shakeup and how WWE operates as a whole. Um, I would say first up, we got to talk about the JBL and Morrow stuff. Um, not a fun topic, but uh, Dave Meltzer did a very great write-up in the last week's Wrestling Observer newsletter, just kind of talking about the culture of bullying in WWE and how it's, while JBL is a bully and is pretty much clearly the reason that Mauro Ranallo is no longer going to be working for that company, um, that he's far from, he's far from uh, the only reason that it's 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 cultivated they want people um people may be reminded of a couple of years ago when the uh the bill demott scandal as you know when he was head trainer of nxt and then it sort of slowly came out after a bunch of guys like uh, ec3 and i believe uh dolph ziggler's brother and trent beretta and a few other people that were that had worked in the performance center just basically came out and said hey this guy's a jerk and a bully and he did a lot of stuff that wasn't okay. And uh, so, and the, the, the kind of the word at the time was, hey, that's just the environment here. And firing Bill DeMott isn't going to solve anything. And uh, unfortunately, that appears to be true. Um, every, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you, you know the details of the story. But, uh, you know, for a company that is publicly traded, that has a, an anti-bullying campaign, it's really very silly when you think about, you know, at the heart of it all, it's still run by a bunch of carnies that are stuck in, like, 1975 wrestling. Um, as, like, as much as they like to think they're so, uh, you know, corporate, corporate-minded these days. Um, I don't really have much to add. I mean, it, it really sucks that, uh, that all of this happened with tomorrow and jbl should be let go of his job should probably be let go but i don't again that that's not going to fix anything but that's that's kind of the argument i've seen for keeping jbl uh, is 
either A, uh, it won't solve everything, so there's no point, or B, you know, Morrow's not not an angel, and and uh, and he, you know, he's he's no angel either, and kind of reminds me, um, Ethan, you did you see the story this week about the the guy getting beat up on the United Airlines flight? Uh, yes, I live in the world, and uh, yes, I saw it. Of course. Uh, but uh, just just trying to throw some conversation your way. I feel like I've been talking for a while. But uh, <laughs> just uh, anyway, uh, but kind of right after that story came out, like people started digging into this guy's past. And they found a story about how he had lost his medical license because, uh, you know, because of some some poor behavior on his part. Um, and they kind of use that as and they kind of throw that out there. Well, he's no, you know, this guy was no angel. It's like. Doesn't change the fact that the guy got the crap beat out of him, and on it, or for one thing, to pick to go, you know, to go to St. Louis or wherever he was going on the airplane, uh, you know, for the ticket he bought, and you know, so saying stuff like "Morrow's no angel" or "It's just the culture there," I don't think that's really a fair excuse, and I don't really think it has anything to do with anything. I think in this case, you have a guy who bullied a guy with very uh pronounced and very it's publicly known maranalo has had uh, issues with bipolar disorder he's been very open about that um i know there was an interview with uh, rich brennan who used to commentate on smackdown and nxt and he mentioned you know it's kind of the same thing you know jbl is vince's guy and if he doesn't like you he will go out of his way to you know undercut you and mock you and attack you and there's not much you can do about it because it's Vince's guy. So, you know, I don't know if anything's going to change, but I really just want to say this idea that, well, we can't change everything, so we might as well change nothing, I think is really dangerous when it comes to this company. And uh, I, you know, <laughs> JBL deserves to be fired. Uh, that's all I got. you have any thoughts on that situation, Ethan? My... um. My general default setting is to be skeptical whenever there's an internet groundswell for anything. There's a, there's an awful lot of groupthink that goes on um, today, and I think we're all so kind of isolated in our um, in our perfectly curated social media bubbles, and we cherry pick our news sources to the point where we can kind of not think for ourselves if we don't want to. And um, I don't feel like there's a lot of original thinking going on. And so my first thought when, when this story came out, my first instinct was to, I don't want to say stand up for JBL. (laughs) Um, It sounds ridiculous. Um, But I, I was just very, you know, very, um, I wasn't sure if this rose to the level of being like a fireable offense. Now, to me, the guy has sucked on commentary for for this entire run. Uh, I thought he was very good on his first run, and I th- think he sucked in the second run here. Um, so for that reason, I thought offense, but uh, I really didn't. I really didn't know the uh, all the details of the bullying story uh, until later. I didn't think that well maybe this is absolutely definitely something um we don't know 
all of the details of the story. We really have one side of the story. And I thought, well, uh, I totally believe that this is true. I like Morrow. I feel for Morrow. And um, I probably think JBL should should go, but I also don't have any proof of anything. And then he stuck his foot in his mouth on Twitter and responded to an accusation from Justin Roberts' book, which opened up the, the floodgates for David freaking Bixenspan, of all people, to do some excellent journalism <laughs> on on Deadspin and get John Morrison to go on the record and say that he and Joey Mercury were asked to steal Justin Roberts' passport. And at that point, it's like, well, uh, guys, guys should probably go. And I'm not a big fan of witch hunts. And as you mentioned, the story with United Passenger, um, that that's a that's an instance where going and digging up someone's past uh is absolutely not relevant to the story. Uh, I don't think that's the case with JBL here. Uh, so while wary of witch hunts and groupthink and going and digging in someone's past to try to bury them and bury their credibility, um, I'm wary of all of that. Uh, I am uh, I, JBL will probably end up scapegoated here, and uh, rightfully so. Fair enough. Yeah, again, it's tough, as you mentioned, because as much as it's pretty clear what happens, you know, <laughs> nobody nobody knows for sure what's happening. So it's, uh, again, you hope maybe you would just think for the for, from PR perspective, if not out of actually being decent human beings, you would think just they're, they're so afraid of bad PR, uh, particularly Stephanie and Hunter are, um, that... I can't believe he's still here now. Like I would have thought they would have, he would have been scapegoated day one, but um, yeah, he's as of uh, when we're recording this, he's, he's still employed. So uh, we'll see. Um, I know there was some fire Bradshaw chants at SmackDown this week. There was signs confiscated. So uh, it's certainly getting around now. Sports illustrated, I believe did a couple of write-ups on it. New York post and, it's gaining some traction, as you mentioned, uh, David Bixen's band, uh, who is, he's, he's something. But uh, in this case, he did uh, two very good posts for two very good articles for Deadspin. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a mess. Um, but uh, I got best, best wishes tomorrow. I know he's, I believe he's going back to calling boxing. I have a feeling that he'll call professional wrestling again at some point. Uh, not for WWE, but uh, we'll see. Um, just just a sucky situation all around. I uh, I I would presume he will be the American voice for New Japan. You know, as soon as he's free from his WWE contract. Yeah, that's. I mean, they have. I mean, who's Kevin Kelly's doing it right now? So, yeah. not that not that there's anything wrong with Kevin Kelly, but obviously. Morrow's a bit more of an assert. I mean, you could do Morrow as the color guy, probably. He's he's loud could, and boisterous. You could you could keep Kevin Kelly as the guy that flies to Japan and does the iPay per views on New Japan World in English, and Morrow will do the weekly TV like Jim Ross is doing currently. Yeah, that, yeah, that that makes much sense. Morrow was doing that before, and you know it's a very weird time as a you know Jr is now back with WWE on a semi regular basis and. 
I'm guessing Mara will be back working with uh, with New Japan on Access pretty soon. But so that's 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 about all we have to say about that. Uh, moving on to some happier notes. This week on Raw, Braun Strowman was part of. I can't say I loved it more than the Festival of Friendship because that was like Whoa. nine months. No, I can't I can't say that because that was like nine months worth of storylines and the the Jericho and Owens pairing is my favorite thing in wrestling in probably the last two or three years. So I can't quite put it on that level, but would the festival of friendship not have happened this year? I think this would be the clear cut segment of the year as Braun Strowman beat up Roman Reigns. They were stretching him out. He threw him off a, uh, threw him off a platform. And then as Roman's being loaded into an ambulance, beat him up some more and tipped over the ambulance. Uh, I thought that was incredible. Um, I don't know how you ever expect anyone to boo that guy ever again, but uh, is Braun the guy? Is 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 should we do a double turn oh, here? Oh no 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 <laughs> no <laughs> no! I don't want to see him wrestle, but I like they should just have him do feats of strength. All of his matches can be falls count anywhere, and they can cut backstage so he can do ridiculous hey, face, feats of strength. If you if you want to flip in an ambulance on TV every week, cool. You want to do him like uh uh you know, what's the the cable tossing your video where you throw telephone poles like oh, <laughs> sweet, you know have 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 him do that stuff. Um, uh, no, he's not the guy. Like they they did such a good job protecting him for so long that I could see how that illusion could could uh could be there, but. Uh, no, Braun Strowman is not the guy. I yeah, I know, but it was it was an incredible segment. Um, anything else stand out to you this week on WWE television? We'll get into the actual uh, not draft Whoa. draft in a moment, but uh, any yeah, AJ Styles and uh, getting a number one contendership for the U.S. title. We had more spooky Bray Wyatt stuff. I mean. Uh, the the insanity and the uh, or the illogical booking of the payback show uh, stands out to me. The fact that we are, <laughs> the fact that you know AJ Styles is already named number one. Well, I guess that the U.S. champion is is staying on SmackDown, so I guess that makes sense. But why are there two SmackDown title matches on the Raw exclusive pay per view payback? Uh, you got me. Uh, I guess I mean they kind of did this with whatever the last show before SummerSlam was last year, where it was like the last show before the draft. So everybody that was going to separate brands had their big, had their, you know, had their matches. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it seems pretty clear. Okay, Brock's, Brock's on Raw. Brock's staying on Raw. He's got the universal belt. So there's no way that Bray is winning. And now Owens is on SmackDown. I guess they said the US title's on SmackDown no matter who wins, but it's like, Everybody knows Jericho's leaving after this match and probably won't be back for at least a couple months. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and the rest of the show, you're gonna have, you're gonna have Roman Reigns come back after being murdered on live television uh, in like three weeks and probably win again against Braun Strowman. Um, I yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be something. Um, and no Brock, so. Yeah, uh, weird. Very, yeah, honestly, I thought when they first put Ambrose on the show, 
I thought, okay, they're going to have two the two mid-card belts on this show to make up for the fact that there's no world title for half the year. But uh, no, uh, U.S. title's now on SmackDown, which is fine. And I think Owens is due for a change of scenery. He's mixed it up with all the top guys on Raw. So putting him, of course, now he's, <laughs> they'll, they'll never be on separate brands. Him and Sami Zayn are still still together. But um, yeah, uh, so that's about it for WWE television. But speaking of WWE television, we had a superstar shakeup. Um which is a really dumb thing, and they kept wanting you to use it as a hashtag during Raw. And uh, I was I was pissed off by that. But uh, I think the biggest ones, we got Miz and Maurice on Raw. We got uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens on SmackDown. And perhaps most importantly, I think in uh, item number one on the list, on the list of Ethan tonight, uh, Dean Ambrose moved to Raw while his new wife will be staying on SmackDown. Uh, congrats to Dean and Renee. But uh, what do you, what are you thinking? Like, what what is? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think I know what you're thinking, but I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give you the floor here. Uh, Dean Ambrose and his now wife on separate brands. What a wedding present, huh? Yeah, it's funny how that always seems to happen, where they don't screw with the couples that they, in some twisted way, approve of like whichever Uso is married to Naomi and John and Nikki. And I can't, uh, I can't think of any others off the top of my head that are, you know, approved relationships. Meanwhile, people like, you know, I'm no Oreo and page, but they clearly split them up um, to screw with them. And I don't know Dean and Renee's uh, situation. I'm, very happy for them as people. Um, however, I think it's pretty fishy that they get married. Uh, presumably, it's none of my business when they got married. They got married very recently. I can make some assumptions, but they got married very recently. And my perception from watching WWE television for the last, you know, eight months or however long since Dean Ambrose was on the Stone Cold podcast as WWE champion is that they're pissed at Dean Ambrose. And if you want any further proof of this, I point you to Jim Ross's website and Jim Ross's blog where he talks about superstars being complacent and superstars who have once who were once successful getting a taste of that success and then getting stuck in the same old groove and being complacent. A shot over the bow right at Dean Ambrose. And I am I have I have a pair of eyes and I can see that Dean Ambrose's ring work is not what it was two years ago. I also know that nobody's wrestled more matches in the WWE nobody wrestled more matches in the WWE than Dean Ambrose in 2016. I believe uh, he held that mark in 2015 as well. This is a guy that does not get hurt. He was hurt. pretty high up in 14, too. I think it was like him and Cesaro were tied in like 14, but it might be three years running now. He he doesn't get hurt. He uh, he gets a reaction. Um, it's not the reaction that he used to get, but I think you know the fact that you make him lose every pay-per-view match probably has something to do with that, with the exception of, you know, 
mania notwithstanding here, but I just think it sucks. I think it really sucks when um, you take an, not an employee, an independent contractor. Dean is an independent contractor. I don't know what Renee's contract says. I don't know if Renee's an employee or if the announcers there are independent contractors also. But in Dean's case, and in the case of Del Rio and Page, and, you know, Ziggler and Dana Brooke, and people like that, that they like to screw with, they need to, these are independent contractors that they treat like employees when it's convenient for them, and they treat them like independent contractors any other time. And they they enjoy screwing with people, which goes to the which ties in nicely with the earlier story, and uh, and just points out kind of what a screwed up culture there is uh, in that company. So I I would be willing to bet, and I don't know if you agree, but that they're pissed at Dean because he went on a shoot television show on their network, but he probably wasn't paid any extra to appear on. Stone Cold was trying to get some shoot stuff out of him a little bit. They got pissed at what he said, and then they got pissed that he shut down because they got, they yell at him for shooting during the show. And they've been pissed at him ever since, and they're pissed that he married um, Renee. And so... I mean, so am I, but... Man. I'm kidding. It's a joke. I know. I know it is. Look, you, I, I got a pair of eyes. All right. I know it. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like Renee's really good. It's, it's just not just eye candy. Renee's really, really good. And if they f- keep effing with her, you know, what What happens when ESPN uh, comes calling next time? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, everybody thought she was out of here two years ago. And then she sort of put down, I mean, you know, as much as you can in a company like this, kind of put down roots, obviously married, you know, just built a life with a, you know, a guy that she works with. And, you know, I, she's on the Total Divas show now. And, uh, but yeah, is at a certain point you may, she may, I mean, she seems like, I don't, it seems like a certain point it's going to go is, is it worth it? Is the extra money for appearing on this e-reality show worth them screwing with your life? Um, and I'm going to think that at some point, they uh, one or both of them might reach that breaking point. Um, yeah, just like you said, it ties in pretty well with with some of the 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 bullying stuff. Or just, I mean, if you, I mean, everybody probably remembers this, but a couple of years ago, when you know they tried they tried very hard to break up Rusev and Lana. And uh, when Rusev and Lana went into business for themselves and leaked their engagement to TMZ, uh, they spent the next six months burying them on TV and calling Lana filthy names and and jobbing Rusev out for months on end. It's like they're a very weird, a very petty company. Um, and they have horrible tastes and they have horrible judges in who should and shouldn't be a star who shouldn't who should and shouldn't be on raw which is my perfect segue into another item on the list of ethan this week uh so nia Jax nearly killed charlotte twice and twice and uh jinder mahal wound up and and 
hit Finn Balor in the face as hard as he could with his elbow. Um, don't know if you want to just talk about them both at the same time or take them one at a time, but uh, there are people on television, and this is, again, not the newest thing. We've talked several times on the show. There's, you know, Asuka is down in NXT, uh, Eric Young, Bobby Roode, all of these people that are great workers and good characters are sitting down in Hunter's NXT vanity project while these people are on Raw. But uh, let's let's hear let's hear from the hear some thoughts on uh, on uh, particularly Naya and Jinder, but any other people that you think don't deserve to be on the main roster. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on Naya first because as you know, I love the energy that women's wrestling has brought to, <laughs> has has brought to WWE. Over the last you know year and a half or so, uh, but seriously, I would like to touch on Naya first. Uh, Naya is has incredible star potential, and I think she I am uh, I am very woke, and I understand all the positive body image stuff, and I think that's awesome, and I think Naya will be a big star if the cards fall just right. However, the thing about her having some kind of mainstream appeal that somebody like Asuka would not is for an argument as to why Naya is on the main roster and Asuka is in Florida in front of 500 people. It's only the hardcore audience left. It's only the 3 million people that watch Raw every week or, you know, tick over 3 million people. And the three, well, this week it was a tick over 3 million people that watch SmackDown, but uh, as well. But you're, you're only down to the hardcores, man. And that crossover mainstream star line of argument is such BS. <laughs> it's like she, She's Dwayne's cousin, and you want to keep Dwayne happy so you can call Dwayne up and bring Dwayne in, and Dwayne, Dwayne will want to come back. That's why Nia's on the main roster right now. And I know everyone knows that. But if we just accept that, it, it kind of dovetails with what you said about how, oh, well, we can't change one thing, so we can't change anything. If we just shrug our shoulders and say, well, she's Dwayne's cousin, what are you going to do about it? do that she's gonna break somebody's neck she almost broke charlotte's neck twice this week she didn't catch her on the moonsault then she friggin' shoot slammed her head on her knee and then slammed her dropped on her head on the mat she's dangerous she's out of control and she's dangerous and it it's the oh man i i i so that pissed me off this week watching smackdown last week or two weeks ago, and seeing Carmella in the ring. Uh, don't mean to pick on all the women in here, because I'm going to rip into Ginger too, but Carmella is a combination of both bad and dangerous that is going to get somebody hurt. And I like Carmella, and I think she's a good personality. But she should not be in the ring, and Nia shouldn't be in the ring. And if you want to make Nia a bodyguard character who isn't out there asked to do long matches and just... You know, is there to bump baby faces once in a while? Maybe that's the role for her because 
dangerous. It's just going to hurt somebody. Um, and I think, you know, Charlotte's the golden girl there. As SmackDown made very clear, and that pissed me off too. But uh, we can, <laughs> we'll get. Well, I guess we'll get to that in a second. So that's my rant on Nia Jax, and I also managed to throw Carmella under the bus there too. Now, gender. I can't believe that this became a Twitter debate this week. People saying gender is actually good, and <laughs> Lance friggin' Storm st- sticking up for him of. Uh, more or less, and stick, sticking up for throwing shoot forearms at people, apparently. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Lance Storm and Disco Effing Inferno went back and forth on Twitter about this. And I only know about this because SE Scoops uh, wrote about it. But So Jinder threw a, a forearm and knocked Finn Balor out. And Finn woke up when his head bounced off the canvas and finished the match and uh, concussed, uh, according to PW Insider. Jinder, I learned from his Wikipedia page, and was shocked to learn, is a 14-year pro. (laughs) He has been a professional wrestler for 14 years. And in a nationally televised match this week, he decided, you know what? I'm going to throw a forearm at this, at this guy that's either number one or number two babyface, depending on the night on Raw. And he couldn't do it. He screwed it up, and he knocked the guy out. He sucks, and he's dangerous. He's got to go. And I, the, the counter-argument to that of, oh, I didn't hear any outrage from anybody when Shinsuke Nakamura uh, broke uh, Austin Aries' orbital bone uh, with a with a kick or with an errant knee uh, at an NXT house show. Well, maybe that's true. And maybe the internet should take Shinsuke Nakamura to task the next time he knocks someone unconscious and concusses them and puts their career in jeopardy. Uh, I would argue that Shinsuke Nakamura did not uh, forearm a guy, shoot forearm a guy in the head. And I think that uh, Ginger sucks and he's dangerous and he needs to go. And I would obviously not argue that for Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm not even sure if my argument uh, holds water because maybe that makes me a, a hypocrite because I like Nakamura and I've never liked Ginger. And I think it's pretty weird that his body has produced so much testosterone that it's converted some of it to estrogen and pooled in breasts on his uh, <laughs> uh, on his torso. Funny, funny about that. And if I get to hear the announcers or Shane McMahon on Talking Smack talk about how hard he diets and trains anymore, don't insult my effing intelligence. Seriously. <laughs> Do you think maybe if, it was if, it was diet rage that uh, caused him to forearm Finn so hard? Diet rage, maybe. I think it was sucking more than anything. <laughs> um, sucking and being a fourteen-year professional and not able to throw a forearm correctly. I think those are probably the things that led to it. Um, but I, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that again goes to, and you, you touched on this with the Nakamura thing. Uh, this week, uh, in New Japan, there was an Okada and Shibata match. Now, I didn't watch it Ugh. because I avoid Katsuri Shibata matches like the freaking plague because I hate them because he does what Jinder did, but like on purpose and to everyone. Um, and I know there's an argument, argument about how, oh, if you kick a guy in a certain place, 
you can hit him hard in the chest or the back. It's like, no, he hits guys really hard in the head. There was everyone saw the gif of him headbutting Okada, and it hit him hit him so hard that he made himself bleed. He like, put himself in I, the hospital. I hate exactly. Like I hate that. I like, and again, that goes to the well. You know, oh, it's accepted in Japan. I don't. I don't care. The other thing is, as you mentioned, it's like Ginger's a a job guy. He's a jobber to the stars right now. He lost to Roman a couple of weeks ago. He lost to Finn. Lost to Mojo Raleigh, who I can't believe you left off your tirade of people that shouldn't be on TV. I, I didn't but, get the SmackDown yet. I didn't get the SmackDown yet. Okay, okay. Well, sorry, sorry. Spoiler alert, everybody. <laughs> but uh, but it's like, and you have a guy. It's like this is a job guy. His job is to make the stars look good. He did not. He failed at his job. It's like okay, the simple spot of babyface bounces off the ro- off the ropes. The heel hits a move that knocks him down, and he puts him in a chin lock. It's in every WWE match. So did Jinder go like, I'll hit a shoulder block on Finn Balor to knock him down. I'll I'll hit a clothesline. No, he just, like, my whole thing is like, what did he think was going to happen? He reared back and threw his elbow into the side of the dude's head. So it's like you're left with a couple choices. Either he's an idiot, he's... He was like aiming for his chest and is just terrible as you as you surmised. Or he's a jerk and he doesn't care if he hurts people or not. Whatever the answer there is, there's no good answers there. And yes, I had a, I had a Twitter conversation with a few people today who were who are in the uh, the actually ginger is good camp. And look, man, if that's how you want to spend your life, go ahead, man. I'm not gonna. I I made my point. I explained why I think it's. You know, like I said, I hate it just as much. I don't care if it's in Japan or America. I hate when guys hit each other really hard in the head for real. It sucks. It always sucks. And if you want to say, oh, Nakamura deserves some flack or uh, Seth Rollins deserves some flack for the, the power bomb that injured Finn the last time or whatever. Seth, Seth, Seth did get flack. What rock are people living under? Seth, yeah, got, if- <laughs> Seth got crap from everybody for that and for Sting. Yeah, and it's like, again, if and if you want to do that, if you want to be the guy who goes, you know, you know, the other guy is putting his, you know, his his well being in your hands, and and Nakamura let Aries down or Seth let Finn down, which you can make that argument, and I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you, but again, saying that doesn't mean that gender doesn't suck. But if you again, it's a combination of things. Yes, Nakamura was perhaps a little unsafe on a kick. But he's also, you know, one of the top guys in the company. Ginger is a is a job guy whose job is supposed to be to get the stars over. And not only is he not good at that, but he's also dangerous. And that's like, okay, why is this guy on television? So uh, that's yeah, that's that's all I got for Ginger. Uh, I don't have I don't have the energy to yell, but point for maybe a later time, but. I do kind of want to take even our beloved wrestling observer and the wrestling media in general to task for just lavishing praise on New Japan when, you know, a solid eh, 50% of the matches uh, or, the, the you know, the element of realism that they love so much about New Japan is the very, you know, the very unsafe physical style that you're talking about that has shortened lives and, you know, like ended uh, Mitsuharu Misawa's life. In the ring, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, 
again, it's like that stuff is like, uh, you know, everyone was going crazy about this Shibata and Okada match. It's like, would the match have been, was the match only five stars because he headbutted him really hard? Like, no. It, if it was a good match, it would have been good even if he didn't do that. You know, it's the same thing with, like, I mean, there's the, the Kenny Omega and Okada match that everybody lost their minds over. And that was a good match, don't get me wrong. But, like, like would that match have only been five and a half stars if he didn't do the dragon suplex off the top rope in that match? Like, it's like, you just, I I think there's, it's dangerous. And and I think you're right that it may be a bit, un, uh, a little bit irresponsible to just, uh you know, to, to heap praise on it. But at least on this show, I don't I don't think it's hypocritical of us because we pointed out before that we're not fans of that style of wrestling. And again, if you want to make the argument that Nakamura deserved flack too, and as you said, Seth got tons of flack um, for when he injured Finn, uh, fine. But that doesn't mean that Jinder doesn't deserve just as much, if not more, because again, I just don't know what he thought, like what, what was going to happen? When you wind up and punt and hit a guy in the in as hard as he could, as hard as you can in the head with your elbow, when you're like 110 pounds heavier than he is, like 14 just... year pro, 14 year pro. 14. All right. Well, moving on to SmackDown. Uh, uh, I have no idea who you might be talking about now, but uh, yeah. let's, let's get let's get to SmackDown. Just in time to see American Alpha jobbing to the Usos, and I generally like the Usos, um, but boy, have they screwed up American Alpha something fierce, and boy, that's a special talent. Uh, but we've been talking about that for a few months now. Uh, it takes a really special talent to screw up American Alpha, but uh, they done did it. Um, so that was mildly irritating. It's the first thing I saw as soon as I turned the show on. Uh, then, you know, I'm flipping, flipping back and forth between that and a baseball game and stuff, so... Uh, it's flip back in, just in time to see Mojo Raleigh wrestling Jinder. And then, you know, in more of the uh, the effed up culture of the, of the company there, apparently, or the old school carny mindset of the business, I guess they sent Mojo out there to stiff Jinder because Jinder needed to get a receipt and needed to be taught a lesson. So they made him look like a, a geek with Gronk again. Because of course they fall all over themselves to slobber over the genitals of any celebrity that pays them the time of day. Uh, but then they also sent Mojo out there to stiff Jinder, uh, which just all it did was subject the audience to a long Jinder and Mojo Raleigh match, and both those guys suck. Uh, but Mojo, as far as I know, Mojo hasn't knocked anybody unconscious this week. Uh, so I'm not, you know, if he isn't fired, uh, I'm not going to be as livid as I am if I see Ginger on TV next week and have to hear about his diet. Um, but uh, so then if I, uh, uh, the, the, the women's segment on SmackDown was maybe, uh, other than the injury stuff, it was the most... It was the most offensive thing to me as a wrestling fan. So they build, they bring out the, you know, quote unquote SmackDown women's division. And it's very clear that SmackDown, you know, kind of got the shaft in this uh, superstar shakeup. Um, I mean, they got to keep AJ and Nakamura and it's pretty clear, you know, they're probably going to be the wrestling show while raw. I don't know. is maybe the entertainment show or something like that. I don't know. I don't really care. I waited for they're in Boston and um 
have I mentioned I'm a Sasha Banks fan before? But uh, the cr- the crowd in Boss in Boss Town uh, was going nuts because they built this segment around Shane McMahon, the valiant, uh, plucky young babyface. They were building to a big reveal. First, he comes out pandering, by the way, and has to get his Mick Foley pop. So he comes out pandering, and then they build the whole segment to a big reveal, and they're clearly. Uh, there's clearly going to be a big reveal of the you know the big superstar acquisition for the women's division, and it's in Boston, and the crowd is chanting, "We want Sasha," and they don't ignore the chant, and they don't write a different segment. They do the bait and switch. Shane acknowledges the chants and says, "Oh, you were expecting me to call out one more person," and he calls out Charlotte. <laughs> Charlotte is Charlotte's pretty good given the her limited experience in the business. She's a good athlete. She has better matches than she probably should given her level of experience. Uh, but to deliver, I think she's still a heel. I don't know. Uh, to deliver a heel in that situation in the beloved babyface's hometown, and then not turn around and use it for heat. And which is cheap, but they do that all the time, which is so I expected that, you know, Charlotte would cut a heel promo, but no. And then to have a babyface authority figure do that just shows the contempt that they have for their audience. It's like they, they just wanted to screw with Boston on Tuesday night. That's all they wanted to do. They wanted to screw with the people of Boston, this hardcore crowd. It's only the hardcores left. You know, the 9,000 people or whatever in Boston that care enough to buy tickets to SmackDown and go sit there for three hours on a Tuesday night. They wanted to screw with them for some reason. Why? And so they didn't deliver them Sasha, which frankly, as someone who has tickets for a Ross show in June, I'm quite happy about. But (laughs) on a human level, they just wanted to screw with their audience. And that... and. They had a babyface authority figure do it, and they didn't even have the heel cut a promo so they could use uh, use it for to get heat in any way, shape, or form. I was just offended by all of that. Yeah, they they like to screw with people. And like when they had remember like when they had Roman come out at number thirty in the Rumble, like that was a perfect example. Like they knew he was going to get booed. And, like, they can justify by, oh, we had to set up this match with Undertaker. And thank God we did. But, uh, you know, they there's a trillion ways they could have set up Roman and Undertaker that didn't involve, you know, and you could hear it in the crowd. Like, the crowd wasn't angry. It wasn't good heat. It wasn't, oh, they're making a noise because Roman Reigns is here. It's like, no, they it was, a, it was an arena full of 70,000 people going, you got to be effing kidding me. Like, and that's kind of what it felt like to me with uh, – it's like, okay, you do the big build-up. Okay, Charlotte's coming out. No, no, it's Tamina. Oh, but don't worry, fans. I have one more special surprise. And the crowd's buzzing. And then, yes, Charlotte's music hits. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. They just, they like, they're, uh, as this is kind of the theme of the show, uh, their affinity for screwing with people and and messing with people does not just extend to their, independent contractors and employees. It also extends to their audience. And uh, it is hilarious. And we didn't do a show last week for the, you know, the shows after mania, but on both raw and SmackDown, they did their big disclaimer. Oh, they're going to cheer people. They usually 
boo and boo people they usually cheer and it's going to be bizarro world but gosh darn it they just like to have fun and it's going to be them expressing themselves tonight it's like dude every crowd cheers kevin owens and boos roman reigns every crowd cheers aj styles every crowd you know i just like i don't i don't like i don't get it like what like what mental gymnastics are they doing to try to convince themselves that they're that they're not just they're not just doing this stuff to mess with people now is is now a good time to mention that I actually have an application in to work at that company that I probably will never work there anyway but do you think I should just go ahead and withdraw that myself now or do you think <laughs> Oh maybe see what happens I don't know. Can can make for good pot. You mentioned you mentioned us not doing shows last week. I have to say, legitimately, like I ended up, uh, I I took a day off. I had a scheduled day off from work, my shoot job last week. But my health deterior deteriorated to such a point in the days following uh, us doing all of those shows last week, and that I missed a day of work. I missed a day of work due to illness because my health deteriorated so badly. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, I woke up like four days later. And it's just like I haven't slept in a week and a half. <laughs> I for my for my health, I cannot go to my job today. Uh, yeah, it's it's it was a draining week. Um. Well, that's all I got. I don't know if we can go out on a higher note than uh, WWE <laughs> made you ill. But uh, <laughs> y- y- you got anything else this week? Uh, nope, that's all I got. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us here, folks. This was episode 114 of The Resting Life, which you can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review and rate the show. It really does help. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud and... Uh, on obpayparel.com so thank you everybody for listening thank you for letting us experiment with the format of the show Ethan you did a great job in the ranting chair this week thanks we may have to bring back the list of Ethan on uh, on future shows um, I, I, th- I think we I think we uh, we got something good here so until next week I'm Liam and I'm Ethan and we'll be back soon with more stories from the rest in life adios Hey everybody, it's Ethan. Wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm Men's Apparel Line and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was a second chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary O Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great underwear, hats, and t-shirts. So check them out. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. 
Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Thanks. You too. Thanks. It's a tough week with uh with Rickles and uh, Dave's mom dying, huh? Oh yeah. The old the last vestiges of uh show business or uh <laughs> you know, that cheesy Vegas seventies TV, uh all that Regis uh mm-hmm. rap Regis and bubble rap, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah. Yeah, it's sad. Rickles stage so sharp. I mean, you can, obviously his last appearance is like, you know, instead of having him walk out on stage, he would, you know, the segment would start and he'd already be sitting in the chair. So you could tell he is deteriorating physically, but mentally, I mean, he was still there enough to do pretty good stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I watched, I mean, that's basically what I did the day he died was just go on YouTube and watch some appearances of his with, uh, a couple with Carson, a whole bunch of the ones with Letterman, and a couple of the ones with Craig. And it's like, yeah, these guys. I mean, it's it's so cliche. Like everything you can say about a guy that was that level of great is going to be cliched, you know? Like they broke the mold and all that stuff. But it's like, yeah, that all that all applies to a guy like that. Like he's there's you know, for his style, there wasn't anybody any better. And the, just the way he interacted with with Dave. And did you see Kimmel's tribute to him? Oh, that tore me yeah, apart. W- yep, ways to ways to crush your heart in a million pieces at like nine in the morning when you're watching it or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And it's like, and you could see, and then I thought, and then it just started making me angry because we have dip issues like Jimmy Fallon and James Corden doing shows now, and it's like, and like you know, if people they're like talented, that they're stuff, talented, they're talented guys, and I, I right, accept- and they have. Yeah, yeah, I like and accept. I like and accept it for what it is. It's not what we like, <laughs> right? Like it's, it's it's like what pro wrestling is now. It's just it's <laughs> we are right. we are hard. We we it's past the spot. But like watching that and the you know, it's like man, it's like even like when we get to the point where like Leno seems like the good old days. Uh, like I watched there's there's a segment it was like from '95 with. Rickles and Leno that I watched. I didn't watch the whole thing because Jay gets on my nerves after about five minutes. But 
<laughs> but like you can also see that like what everybody saw in Jay Leno because he was still like young and hungry a little bit at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still like, he was still pretty quick. He didn't, he wasn't quite so smug about everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, okay. And it's like, but it's like, now it's like, people don't, like, I, I like Colbert's show a lot. I like, I like Kimmel's stuff. But it's like, people don't really tell jokes anymore. Like they just, they just do random stuff. They, they play ping pong and, yeah. and Pictionary and, lip sync and i just like i just i don't i'm just i don't i don't get it man i'm just yeah it's not i don't know i again i i don't want to i don't want to take that away from the people that like it though that's like my least favorite thing about the internet is when there's the i don't like this so now i've got to go tell everybody how much i don't like this and why they shouldn't like it either it's like it's all you know if you like that stuff great but it also kind of makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't that's... want it to make me angry, but it kind of pisses me off. That's that's fair and understandable. I hold Merkel's um, appearance on Letterman with Denzel Washington is one of my, you know, probably five favorite talk show uh, episodes ever. That was f- just incredible. I don't think I've. I mean, I think I've seen that, but I haven't seen it in a while, so yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and watch that one. He's like doing borderline racial stuff with Denzel Washington <laughs> sitting there, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know nobody else can get away with, and nobody else should try to get away with it. But he did, and everyone took it as a joke because jokes have to be about something, as Berbiglia says in his special. Yes, uh, jokes have to be about something. Uh, so yeah, it was jokingly, and it was uh, a really good appearance. But yeah, the line in the ridiculous special about how was it comedy has been ruined by people that don't know how to tell jokes. Yes, it's like that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that guy's so like I'm waiting for him to just like blow up and be like a giant star because he's so. Like he's so much better to me than any like like I mean you have like more traditional stand up like Gaffigan which I I love mm-hmm. that too but like he to me is mm-hmm. like he blends that kind of you know tell amusing stories from your real life and mixing in actual like more traditional stand up things I think better than anybody it's like he does the the one man show thing I think better than anybody. I try to keep on keeping on.